0: What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Mr. Dave McDowell. We have a fun conversation. Um, he's my type of artist, you know. Uh, a little old, a little grumpy, uh, a little bit crazy, which uh, I find that I fit into those categories as well. So it's always entertaining to have um, somebody who I feel similar to uh, on the show. And we had never talked before. We would never met. I've seen his work for a long time, but... Had never got the opportunity to sit down and talk to him before. Uh, never ran into him at shows or anything, and you know most artists are pretty fucking reclusive. So it was good to get to know him a little bit more. He um he did an awesome little graphic that I'm gonna have posted on the profile page of the Facebook uh for the Live Free podcast. So make sure you go find that on Facebook or follow on Twitter at Live, Live Free Podcast. I can't even say the name of my own podcast. What the fuck uh at live free podcast on all the social medias or just check the hashtag sometimes like uh Instagram just click the hashtag live free podcast and uh you can find a bunch of stuff on there to like and comment and share with your friends i've noticed something something that i've been thinking about today as i was getting ready to record um there seems to be a lot of um artist activists out lately like that seems to be a thing and you know we have this like outrage culture that like no matter what is going on they find some way to um find something wrong with something and then figure out ways to complain about it and then uh monetize those complaints somehow and i fucking i just i see this happening with artists it's so weird this idea that you uh that you make art as like a lot of times it seems to be that people are are speaking out against uh the separation between rich and poor which you know is is very much worth speaking out against but then it's weird when those same people are going and selling artwork to the same uh rich people who in essence they were uh essentially speaking out against you know it's like it's it's like you're biting the hand that feeds uh so that the hand keeps feeding you somehow cuz like it, the more you it's it's so it's, i'm trying to be as general as possible um but beware it, this this new movement of activist artists who seem to be uh using it as a way to make a name for themselves so that they get press and um maybe some accolades as like uh, a social warrior is is a typical phrase that you know or maybe stereotypical um, and that, that's not to say that I don't appreciate conscientious social activity. But when the activist becomes more important than the activity, I tend to, like, my bullshit meter starts to beep. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So, like, be very wary of people who are selling art in the name of activism um, as opposed to really standing up against uh, injustice. You know, especially if they're somebody speaking out against a sort of the the free capitalist market and then uh, on the other side of the street, uh, completely benefiting from that same market capitalist system in which they uh, pretend to speak out against. There's there's some things going on out there in the world. Um, And maybe I don't perceive everything quite uh, the way it is, but that's that's my opinion um take from it what you will i suppose that said uh make sure you follow me at mike maxwell art i've been selling a bunch of stuff online like even right through instagram um so if you want to get the first dibs on that sort of shit follow me on instagram uh again follow the podcast i got a a couple sponsors on the show that i want to talk about um you've been hearing me talk about these guys soho design house they've been a sponsor on the last few episodes i'm psyched to have them on board uh, on the live free podcast team they're making, and it's, it's funny, like, so we talk about the sort of, uh, again, the capitalistic market in which uh, art sales takes place, and sometimes it's, it's weird, sometimes I feel like a hypocrite, even, like, some of my uh, critiques or whatever about the way things work, and then, you know, like, I go and do the same things, like, I need to, everybody needs to sell something to make some money to uh, eat and have an enjoyable life. So um, I tried I tried not to be too judgmental, I suppose, even though I just went on that judgmental rant. Um, but I got some friends up in L.A. They're doing a really cool project. It's like an art in and of itself, but it, again, is uh, something that an artist is putting out on the market. Uh, they make rugs from uh, contemporary artist paintings and illustrations and digital and... Uh, Graphic works. They have work by Pixel Poncho, David Flores, Hydro 74, Circle, Hebrew Brantley. Uh, they did some stuff with Phil Frost. I think uh, there's a Ron English. Um, they got a ton of stuff. Make sure you go check out their website, sohodesignhouse.com or S O H O D H.com, which is shor- short for Soho Design House, and that's also their Instagram. So it's S O H O D H. Uh, On Instagram and and the dot commerce follow them uh, let them know the podcast sent you and if you're in LA you could check out their their showroom at uh, 6912 Melrose Avenue uh, right down there in all the shopping area district have some fun eat some good food go check them out get some cool rugs for the pad for the wall Um, again it's a it's a full-on handmade art process no machines a, a real craft. Um, it's it's interesting to see. If you go on the website; you can check everything out. Uh, thanks to them. We also have SD Wheelworks as a sponsor again on this episode. Uh, thanks to them. Follow them at SD Wheelworks on Instagram and on the Facebook like pages. Uh, they're over at 7550 Miramar Road. It's Suite 300, tucked back there in the corner. Uh, they are a really cool bike shop and. Uh, bicycle garage is what they call it um, So if you have something that you need to work on with your bike, you can bring it in there They could check it out to get you set up with new stuff They have a bunch of really cool bikes that you won't find at, at other shops I really like the Linus series bikes that they do or that they sell there It's a like a Euro style bike um, They got a ton of BMX stuff which uh, they're I think they're they're pretty popular for their BMX arrangements They have uh, the pro BMXers come out there all the time and hit the mini ramp, the secret mini ramp, back in the warehouse back there. And they'll have like little box and grind sessions out back. It's really cool. Follow their Instagram and you could always check out uh, events they're doing with uh, pro bike companies and all the pro riders. They do little, uh, you know, like one night events where we barbecue, Uh, maybe drink a little beer, hit the ramp listen to music. It's cool. Um, so follow them on Instagram at SD wheel and, uh, and find them on the Facebooks and just Google them. You can give them a call if you want, uh, if you are in need of some bike help and, uh, maybe getting some new stuff to get on the road. I think everybody should try to ride bikes as much as possible and drive cars as least as possible. Uh, I know in San Diego, it's kind of hard, but you know, we have beautiful beaches and, a lot of areas where you can go ride your bike. They have a ton of mountain bike options too. They got like some like tank bikes. It's crazy over there. They And not to mention the motopeds. Which can be ridden right on uh, the boardwalk. Taken off the boardwalk and turned into like a little dirt bike. And you know you could ride around. And I think they're one of the only stores here in San Diego. Maybe in the state who are you know, maybe lead distributors of uh motopeds. So that's something that seems to be really popular and I think everybody in San Diego would be psyched on. So check them out again at SD Wheelworks on all the social medias. And SD com eight five eight six nine five bike B I K E. Alright. So um with all that said, if you guys want to donate to the podcast, you want to throw a little money into the sponsorship ring, um You can hit me up at info at mikemaxwellart.com or uh, go to mikemaxwellart.com. Click on the podcast. There's a donation link via PayPal. You can click on that and drop some dough via PayPal over there. Uh, Even if you don't have PayPal, I think you just use your credit card. You don't have to have a PayPal account. You just throw some dough at it. Um, And then I'll probably get a P.O. box here soon if if people want to send shit email me or send me a message if you want to send shit to the podcast and then I'll go get a PO box or something. All right. So, um, with all that said, let's just jump right. Like, let's just jump right into this thing in case there wasn't a 10 minute pre, pre, uh, interview chat here. Um, but yeah, let's, let's talk to Dave McDowell. All right. All right. Hello. Hello. Mr. Dave McDowell, how are you, my friend?
1: Hello, Mike. How are you? Doing great, man.
0: Good, good. I uh, first want to thank you for for taking the time to talk to me. Uh, I know, I I feel like we talked about doing the show some time ago, um, and then we finally made it happen. So, thank you for coming. That's beautiful. I love your
1: show, man. I've been listening for maybe two years? I don't know how long you've been doing this, 2013 or, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You want to turn your camera on for me? Sure. See Your sexy face. Here we go. Nice.
1: There we are. Try not to melt too much. You know what I mean? It's already done.
0: Yeah, I know. Oh, my
1: God. It's like the Beatles. Everyone's screaming. Ah!
0: I've been, uh, I think, four years I've been doing this motherfucker now.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's beautiful. There are all archives, so I could just go back and listen to all of them. You know,
0: yeah, I've been trying to figure. out. I have a friend of mine who's uh, super techie, and he he always is coming around telling me all these different spots that I should put it, like like the archive dot org or there's like you know try to get it in National Congress, all sorts of ideas of like to. to That's put not out. a
1: bad idea, man. Because there's, there's just so much content there, and really, you're talking to like the future rock stars are people that weren't quite rock stars who are rock stars. Not that I judge who's a rock star, or not a rock star, yeah. but the plethora of, you know, some of the most, you know, the top names, the top uh professionals in the industry. It's just, and it's such like, uh so calm. It's not the same questions over and over, you know, that artists get and there's barely any art, Artist podcasts out there where you can actually hear their voice.
0: Yeah.
1: It's weird because I'm like, ah, this guy's a chump. And then I'll listen to it and it's like, wow, this guy's so fucking smart. (laughs) He's so much smarter than me. He has political views. And, you know, it just changes your perspective of who you think you know or what you think you know about somebody. And once you hear them open their mouths, it's, oh my God, you get really, it's more of an intimate
0: look you yeah know. it's pretty interesting like uh I've, I've had people say that they've heard their friends on the podcast and didn't know things about them right know, and and learned about them it's, yeah yeah i it's weird it, you know i i say this a lot but we don't get the opportunity to to sit down and have long form conversations
1: artists usually are um Home ridden homebodies who are just sitting in front of their easel for, you know, 20 hours a day. And everybody has this illusion that they're out partying and pussy drugs, (laughs) uh, decadent lifestyle and rock and roll and all that. When actually it's the exact opposite, it's very like academic and sanctimonious. Where do you
0: think that perception comes from?
1: Um, I don't know. I don't mind that perception, though. I'd rather have people think that I have a better life than I actually do. You know what I mean? (laughs) Keep up the illusion, man. Don't ruin the illusion. You know.
0: There's like six strippers right on the other side of the camera, right here doing coke. Yeah, yeah, man. Get a fucking wild. Yeah. No, but there's. I I think, and I think that's why artists, obviously, one of the reasons why they like listening to the show, is that everyone's fucking bored as fuck sitting in their studio and like, <laughs> you know, yeah yeah, yeah. I talked to Fred Stonehouse about like the misery of it. Like it's so, it's so, uh, uh, it's a very double edged sword in that. Like when you're, when you're missing it, it's like the only thing you could think about. And then when you're in it, it's like, what about all that other stuff that I could be doing if I wasn't just sitting here hunched over, You know, crooked. You know,
1: it's that's the magic right there, though, man. I mean, you can't record the record until you go into the studio. You know what I mean? Uh Studio time is so precious. After a certain amount of time, it's you. You love it. It's not about loving or hating it. It becomes a part of yourself. You know what I mean? It becomes a physical entity unto itself, where you get into the zone, and once you're in the zone, time stops. That's why it's good to have music playing just as a metronome to tell you how long you've been doing something.
0: Because, <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? For sure. And that's that said, that that's really the joy, right? Like the disappearance of time, like the strenuous nature of uh the monkey on our back that is time, you know, that's always yeah. grinding on us, always wearing on us, like fucking yeah. deteriorating us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's constantly there, you know? I mean, that's the magic of it, or makes it almost supernatural, or, I mean, the zone that we get in is probably the same as, like, a Tibetan monk, or uh, Mother Teresa, or whatever religion, or, or um, you know, like a boxer, um, where they're just, everything fades out, and you have tunnel vision onto this one thing. You're not thinking whatsoever, but something's happening, you know, and... um It's the same thing. It's a way of, it's a, almost a form of spiritual enlightenment in a way. Um, and then you step away and you have to look at it the next day and say, what the fuck, you know, (laughs) what is that? Or, you know, can you tell me what I'm looking at? Because I don't know, or it's shit or it's good or, you know, but, um, yeah, it's almost like you're a third party to between you, the materials, and what you're manifesting on the canvas or board or, you know. Yeah,
0: because there that. is that disconnect of like, you know, falling back. on Like, look, I, I I always, something I was just mentioning the other day was like looking back at a piece that maybe has a lot of marks on it. And finding some appreciation to the fact that even though I don't really remember it, I made every single mark that is on that piece. Right. Or panel Or canvas. And there's some joy in that, too. Right. Yeah, you
1: did that. You did that. I mean, it's it's not the same you. It's the (laughs) same you, but it's not the same you. You just like took forty thousand shits and showers and ate so many meals and you know so many sex partners and so much (laughs) loss in your life and you probably reinvented yourself many times since then. But um, but it
0: all goes into that six-hour chunk or whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. It matters, you know. And oh. that's part of, um, like the sancti- sanctification of art. Like people look at art like, like, uh, it's sacred. Like, oh my God, it's art. The way people handle art, like it's a baby. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they, and some people just love it and they, they get out of breath about it. Oh my God, look at it. And I'm like, I think to myself sometimes, like, the guy made it for 50 bucks, and he just sold it for half a million dollars. <laughs> it's not the second coming of Christ. Stop wetting yourself, you know? So it's, is, it's, you is know. that how
0: you look at things if you go into a space like, yeah. or like a museum?
1: Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. well, a museum's different. A museum, it's almost like a mortuary where you can't. T- I like touching art, dude. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just the um, crazy. I'm like, hey, look at that! And then all these goons jump out. Hip, beep, beep, beep. You know what I mean? No, it's always like a Curious George cartoon. Uh-huh. I'm always <laughs> fucking up. You know that's yeah. why I don't go to many galleries or many <laughs> uh, yeah yeah or many museums. Galleries, no problem. Galleries, it's just like it's so sad because. Um, when I have a show and people are not looking at it and they're just fucking getting drunk and mm-hmm. they're just ignoring it, it's kind of weird, man. But I do the same thing. No, I yeah, walk in, course. I'll be like, sucks, socks, socks." And eh, that's kind of good. Sucks, sucks. Let's get a drink and get out of here. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I feel so bad though for the artist. A lot of times I pretend. I'll stand there and just stare at something count down from 20 and then go get the drink at least <laughs> show them props you know
0: and you know if from that perspective think about what just a layperson who goes in for just a party i right. mean you see it all the time people with just their backs turned to the walls and
1: the same right it's a social outlet it's a it's a party dude people say hey let's meet up here and then we'll go here and go there
0: that's what i've been trying to come up with like an idea or, you know, like a concept even that would make uh, art shows more of an experience. And well, I think this a, came along the same.
1: Yeah, yeah. Have more whores there, dude. More co- – you know, be honest with what you're doing. You know, just um, have it more – I mean, people are in interactive art these days. I mean, Cannibal Flower does it really good. They have a ball juggler, live sex acts, fucking clowns, um, anything that, I mean, that's art too. And right. um, I don't know, until my art or art starts moving, talking to me, blowing me, doing something that, you know, is just not eye candy, but in some way touches my soul. People are just going to walk right by it a lot of times. You know what I mean? Yeah. There needs to be like a, a bullhorn on some pieces of art that's like, look at me. I'm going to change your life, you know? But then
0: on the flip side of that coin, I could see some of the like the most like mundane, dullest art, and right. it'll stand out to me over the glitter and the flash sometimes.
1: Right. Yeah, it's all you know it's all in the eye of the beholder i suppose depends what mood you're in yeah yeah yeah, totally yeah how you're feeling or whatever sometimes art is done so well but it's so voidless of soul that you're looking at it it's like wow look at great technique great such fucking great technical skill but oh my god i want to take a fucking shower right now i feel (laughs) so dirty you know (laughs) oh my god i'm forever changed i have no soul I just died inside, you know, yeah. and that's good art, though. At least it made you feel something, you right. know.
0: Right. And um, you never
1: forget it, you know.
0: Well, and that's that's my point about like how many art shows have you gone to in your entire life and just completely forgot about that really made zero impact on. And this is, and I don't mean to plight like artists or spaces. Like I think it's been what the nature of uh, the system has been. Is you know put wall put put medium to large size pieces on a white wall with a bunch of space in between in one spotlight. Everyone's standing around drinking wine. Hopefully, some people with suits come in. Uh, some po- some pocketbooks that are fat, and you know everybody moves on for the month. And it's never really like an emotional experience. I mean, I'm not saying that it can't be, but a lot of times it's just a fucking thing. Whereas. You know, and I hate to make like make music all better than some other thing, but you can go to a. I mean, I've gone to a million concerts that I forgot about too, that weren't that emotional of an experience. But there's some that have stuck with me that I'll never forget. Right? And there's very few art shows that I feel the same, even though my memory remembers them. It's not like a like oh my it's goodness, it's McDonald's,
1: dude. How many times have you eaten? Let's say McDonald's or something like Ircy Cop or whatever. It's always the same. You know what I mean? If they change that, you'd be pissed. But it's, <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah, yeah. it's expectations, you know, Or and a lot of people like simple. They don't want to feel anything. They just want to go in in their own. They have their barriers, or walls up, and they're going to feel whatever they want to feel. People don't really want to be challenged. Mm-hmm. They like to keep it simple. They like it, you know, to stay in their little peripheral and, uh, you know, um, it's like some art. Um, you can make it bombastically, just crazy, and that really touches people. A lot of people don't like that. They don't like it. The, they like the simple white bread. I see a lot of artists where, uh, you know, I, I've been following them for like, let's say five years, and I'm like, man, they're going to fucking rock the world. And they're still painting that same fucking. Balloon or, you know, animal uh-huh. or fuck it the same thing. And it's like, no, dude, that's what people want. Um, galleries love it because they can sell it because it gives the collector exactly what they're expecting. If a guy's painting a fox for five years and he's making a million dollars and he starts painting buttholes, there's <laughs> going to be a problem, dude. A big problem. Yeah. He's going to be told no more buttholes. You know, you're killing me. You know, or so people like to say, and people don't want to be challenged. A lot of people don't. You know, I do. You know what I mean? I'm jaded as fuck at this point. Where blow me away, dude, or I'm gonna blow you, leader, lead follower, get out of the way. Yeah, a lot of times. You know,
0: well, even with with age comes different tastes as well, right? Like all of a sudden, you know, for me over the last and i would assume is something i could ask you about is that, as a figurative painter uh this idea of abstraction when you're so sick of the formalities of the figure like all the rules and intricacies that come along with it the idea of breaking that shit down all of a sudden you look at an abstract work and i've i've learned to like i'm not envious but like the like i've been thinking a lot about like making paintings that take like 1 hour and have something that i'm like that's a pain- like that's a painting that i feel comfortable and good about without all the in- intricacies um i feel like that's a very natural progression for people particularly in the figurative world and right. and i think that fits into that that uh sort of roadblock that a lot of people hit where They feel, you know, especially people who are reliant. So like if you work at a job and you have a certain set of things that you do at your job to keep your job, then maybe if your biggest concern is paying the bills and keeping a a regular sort of lifestyle or whatever, you know, maybe you'll do those things. But it seems against uh, what I perceive as air quote, like the artistic nature. You know, it's got to eat at them
1: you think so i'm not sure i'm not sure maybe that's the best that they can do you know shame on your audience for having such expect- high expectations of you at an earlier date that you're still painting the same fucking thing you know and of course you never say that of course you never, you never tell a parent that their kid's ugly you know what i mean <laughs> so what are you gonna do you just say you're nice at ease and move on mostly it's a vanity situation you know what i mean you're put you walk into this room AKA gallery, the people who are running it are running it at, for their own personal reasons. The people who are putting the shit on the walls did it for their own pre- personal reasons. Everybody has an agenda. It's not just, I can't stand artist's biographies or when, um, what's the painting about? Well, my show is about the authorial godlike <laughs> matter that, dude, if you got to explain it and it's not said in the visual, you're full of shit. <laughs> you know, because I don't see no euphorial shit going on here, you know?
0: Yeah. And, it, you know, but for me, I, I try to look at it from a half-full perspective. Like, if people are making things, then it does, you know, right. give them some sort of sense of joy. Right. Then, then more power to them. But, again, that structure is interesting. And, you know, you're in... Hollywood in L.A., you're kind of right in the mix of that whole, uh, you know, I guess, the the main vein of American Vanity. Maybe, right. you know, one of the main arteries. So I guess you, you've been there for a while, right? So you've kind of... A
1: couple of years, yeah. I think about two, like two and a half years so far, yeah. It's not changed. I mean, you could go wherever and do your art, but whenever I did come out here... Um, it's no different than living here. You know, it's your choice to walk into the gallery or to be involved with the gallery or to not, or to, you know, the art hasn't really changed. It's the same faces. It's the same buildings. Um, I mean, you keep meeting new friends or the best friends are friends that you've known for a long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? and um But, yeah, it's, it's two miles away. I could just walk into a gallery. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of art accessible here, you know, almost where it becomes trash, um, like a trash culture where, hey, what's showing tonight? I could go to t- – Man, I've done it. I've gone to like 10 galleries. If we're going gallery hopping, we'll go to 10 galleries. What did you see? I don't remember a fucking <laughs> thing. I just saw thousands of pieces of art, but I couldn't tell you what, you know.
0: So let's jump back if we can a bit. Uh, where did you grow up at? I grew up in New York, and um,
1: I was a hotel administrator, making good money, and then I got pregnant. And you know, yeah. so moved the family down to Virginia and I knew I could draw and paint a little bit, but not really, you know, and I just thought to myself, well I'm I'm pro we have money, I'm gonna be a stay at home dad for a while and I'm just gonna paint. You know what I mean? I could do this. And that's because of Juxtapose, that issue with Mark Riding when he opened it up and I looked at it and thought, Man, I could do that shit, you know. <laughs> yeah. And um just by computer, computer taught me color wheels, printing shit out, um, you know, emulating a style. And then the fear started going away. Like, I guess I could paint a fucking the the raft of the, you know, I could paint like a classical I could, you know, and you just push yourself that way until the fear goes away of what you're doing. I didn't want to be stuck. I wanted to be an all around person where I could do um, be prolific in what I was doing, you know, and try to make it that way. Or at least get a job, like maybe in magazines or album covers. And magazines have gone by the way of the nerd or whatever, they're gone, yeah. you know. Well,
0: a lot of uh, probably a lot of young artists don't realize that, you know, in that period, like early 90s, mid 90s, pre internet, there was a lot of jobs for artists for illustration. And, and, you know, they're still out there, but in newspapers and magazines. In ad work, a lot of stuff utilized hand-done illustration, hand-done work because nobody was really photoshopping and illustrating. Right.
1: And that revolution has changed. Everything has changed thanks to that computer, man. You know, everything has changed. The Mm -hmm. way we look at art, most art is looked at on a fucking two-inch screen. Um, It's become – that's where the jadedness comes in because um, people love the art – art in Hollywood. But once they come here and see it, then they shit themselves because it's real and it's done really well, you know, uh, as compared to looking at it. It's so subjectified, man, looking at shit on a computer, you know, people live their lives on this fucking computer, you know,
0: which is why it seems like the, these art shows are important and it would be nice to see them evolve into a different type of event.
1: You know, it will. Um, of course. I hope so. I hope so. There's always high hopes. Or it might change to something completely different. I mean, most galleries can't stay open for fucking five minutes. They got to bring in a burlesque show or a Dr. Sketchy and bring in some revenue in some other way because – and that's why most – the galleries that stick around are – so business savvy that you know what i mean they they're so intelligent in keeping those doors open and um it's just great business people
0: and I, it, uh, there's another aspect to that too that i've been interested in and i've been pretty outspoken about is how tastemakers start and you know we see it on high level but even at low level like gallery scenes you see how Certain spaces can dictate what is popular, and in essence, dictate the cost, and then you know, in essence, dictate what their profit margin is. You know, and exclude exclude and include who it is that benefits that profit margin. Now, whether there's altruism somewhere underneath that, or where maybe somewhere it started as a uh, real heart endeavor. Or maybe it still is. There is a nature of business to to move that way. And I think sometimes as artists, we're perceived as being something different than a normal business in terms of like moral high standard or ethical business practice. But the actual nature of selling the work on that next step of the market, it's not really regulated with the same ethics, uh, I think, from a general public as our artists.
1: Well, that's like the same thing in all business businesses. You know, you look at shark tank, you look at, you know, dude, it's bottom line. It's I knew it. uh, I knew it. I knew business management before walking into this thing or picking up a paintbrush. I knew that if you make these guys a nickel, they love you long time, dude. <laughs> and that's it. And you know, you first get your shit into a show and you're just like praying and going to the inter, you know, keep refreshing that screen to see if there was a red dot on your shit. Yeah. Or to keep you know, it's so that's first sale is so fucking important, dude. Because once you make that sale, it means you're in. It's like some mafia shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're yeah. in, dude. And once you're in, then then it's time to start running, you know. But, uh yeah, as far as, like, ethics, morals, um, all that shit, it's, you know, you could live by – there's people who have such standards that they die poor because they're not willing to bend and work with somebody, you know. Um, there's nothing wa- wrong with surrounding yourself with people who are a lot smarter than you, a.k.a. business, management, um, things you can't do. I mean, it's, it's a smart person to hang with smarter people,
0: you know? Yeah. And the same thing, I just use that sort of analogy, but with jujitsu last night, it's like, I, I picked the four people who are way better than me to roll with last night because, you know, I'm going to learn more from that, you know, and not to say that you can't learn from somebody who's less smart than you, because you, you most, most certainly can, right? but the real lessons sort of come from those ass weapons
1: right oh yeah
0: mentally or physically
1: yeah and um you know you emulate what you learn from them and um or not you know it's like uh, <laughs> yeah. buying a pair of shoes you put them on for a little while and they might not fit you and you develop your own style over time you know or you know it, yeah yeah the, the whole thing's a learning process you know um sometimes you forget Sometimes great things have fallen upon you, and you just don't fucking care. It depends <laughs> on your goals, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's all about goals, man. And sometimes you reach that plateau really quick, and you better start making some new fucking goals. You know what I mean? <laughs> dream <laughs> bigger, man. you got to dream bigger. I mean, I've had so many blessings in my art life, but I manifested them, now. Nobody really did that for me. People have helped me out a lot. And thank God, I mean, I could just go down the list of names for hours of people that have helped me and encouraged me and shown me and all those things. And for that, I'm forever grateful, you know. But still, you are the artist needs to know that they are the God. They are the creator. They. That's the reason that you're there is because your art is good. Otherwise, they would never be talking to you. You know what I mean? Either they like you for a financial reason, or because you have a nice ass. I don't know, but you know, I like to think that it's my the, ass. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's always about the ass. Yeah, <laughs> let's not. All right. Let's just jump jump to the uh, point here. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: so, so, and that's kind of an interesting point because I think you know you are self taught. You you didn't go through a collegiate system. Besides, I maybe you did for for business or before you know right working right but, but in terms of an art schooling you jumped in and sort of learned this thing on your own which of course takes a ton of fucking hours mistakes
1: it mistakes hours um you know the mistakes but they may not see the mistakes sure sure but, you know i got really lucky man it was just like um got hooked up with this guy who could sell paintings and maybe i was only three paintings in and he fucking sold one for $1,100 in New York, uh-huh. and it was like, oh, shit, Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? and then he introduced me to um, Andrew from Think Space, this was like nine years ago, and um, Andrew's like, let's do a show, dude, get your shit together, we'll do it in a year and a half from now, let's say, 2009, get your shit together, go get famous, nobody knows who the fuck you are, go get famous. Go get your name out there, pound the pavement as much as you can to bring enough interest into your de blossoming, de virgining, or whatever, your first show. And I kind of did that. Your poke in
0: the butt.
1: Yeah, the poke. Oh, you never forget your first poke. <laughs> and that's what happened. I was pokey, and everybody came and poked. Yeah, and you man. know what? The pokings have been going on since then. <laughs> you know, the pokings never end, you know? So.
0: So I'm curious how that progression took place. So, I mean, obviously you have a, at this point, a, a high level of technical skill, I would say. I think it's fair to say. Okay. Um, and usually those things take a very long time to, to build. Um, what was some of those first steps like? Were, was the work similar to what you're making now? It did uh, What um, were some of the steps that you went through in, in trying to figure out and... Anything. I didn't know.
1: I didn't yeah. know. I did. Yeah. There was no master plan. It was just get your ass in the show. And usually it was like theme shows for Gallery Eighty Eight. So we're doing a Pokey show, Gumby and Pokey show this uh-huh. month. So I do a Gumby and Pokey painting, and it's like, fuck, I don't want to do that. I hate Gumby and Pokey. I don't want to do that, but you do it anyway. So yeah. you add your own Genesee Qua to it, to, and then hopefully it sells. So it's all. It was all mostly theme show. So that's why when you look at my portfolio, it's so spasmatic, dude. There's just too much going on because there's no one central theme. Every piece was a different song. You know what I mean? Now, how do you, just- how do you
0: feel about that over the time period now? Because you know, I'll be honest. I I'm often a little bit critical of those types of shows, and yeah, yeah. Maybe the and it's just sort of the same thing that we were just talking about in terms of like. Benefiting the galleries more so than benefiting the artists, although, you know, right. I'm I'm making a broad generalization, of course.
1: Right, that's fine. Uh, um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard, man. It's hard to. um Well, I think that's all changed. I mean, yeah, I think a lot of shows that are done now are corporate. It's like, oh, I just got a, a gig with Sanrio, so let's do it. Let's do a Hello Kitty show. Yeah, that way that, we have not- their support. There lies the
0: issues that, you know, that's where, you know, if something has a, you know, uh, like I did one of like the Beastie Boys show, like when something's like um, celebrating something like that, where it isn't like a marketing company coming in from the backside and saying, let's do this thing to make this thing have some press and look cool to a certain demographic. Meanwhile, we'll give you this ad money and then the artist will still only take 50 percent. Right. right and again broad generalization but uh, you know being behind the scenes of some of these things I've I've seen that in action
1: yeah, and it, that's why those galleries have evolved also and bended toward the market where I could sell an original for fourteen hundred at Gallery eighty eight, no problem. Maybe four years ago, now you can't sell anything for under fucking five hundred dollars. It's a print market now. Everybody wants a print. It's nobody's buying really originals, especially with little pop matter or pop art or. Yeah, those type of theme shows or you know um the main the main argument here in this scene or movement is that um this isn't fucking illustration this is fine art we're trying to market this as fine art here and give the illusion that it's coming from some deep part of your soul and <laughs> yeah, that it's yeah. you know what i mean yeah. dude it's fucking illustration yeah. i could draw it again I <laughs> tried yeah. yeah. fucking 50 times. Well, here, I'm the artist. You and, know.
0: And, and I think talking about this, I, I feel like you sort of take a slightly different angle than what is the majority in terms of the way you piece things together. I feel like a lot of times as opposed to like uh, sort of celebrating the celebrity, you're almost more making fun of it in an underhanded way that maybe the general popul- population may not get quite at first. Right.
1: Yeah, I'm not. You know, there's a way of saying something or saying what you want in a understated way. I mean, I could just write "fuck you" and <laughs> yeah. paint that really nice, yeah. but I'm going to do it in a in a way where it looks so beautiful you didn't even see the "fuck you." You know, <laughs> you know, there's a way to do it. And get your message across, and to the innocent bystander, they say that was a pretty picture. But to anybody who looks at it and might put intellect into it, they say, "Oh shit, I know what you did there." You know what I mean? Yeah. I wanted to have like um, like a Chinese puzzle, maybe have some layers to it. You know.
0: So maybe we could talk about some of the reoccurring themes or uh, you know imagery that shows up in your work because you know you mentioned that it seems like it's all over the place. But if you if you look at uh, a long enough timeline, you'll see some some similarities and some regularity, and sort of some. Uh, I, I think the work is cohesive in that it has, you know, it looks, it has a a feel. A to it. Yeah. yeah, but I, I think there's certain things that come through that seem to be maybe a little bit more. I would say your signature, um, right? I think there's an interesting clash, and uh, in, I say clash in like a positive way of like realism. Like a real painterly sort of um, blended area. And then like almost a cartoonism. Is that a word? Is cartoonism a thing? Sure. Yeah, Yeah, we could use that. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. No rules. Um, And I think that there's a – that blend of those three things tends to really make your style. Uh, I'm curious if those things played a role beforehand, like figuring out all this stuff, like, you know – a sort of comic illustrative style, right?
1: Plus, um, yeah, I could paint like Robert Williams, dude. You know what I mean? I think that's what he does. But I think his voice is more nineteen fifties or old timey shit, you know, gas stations and things that are not of our cultural ilk maybe uh-huh, anymore. Yeah. You know, we There's have a hard voice. Edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's more about cell phones and partying. And, you know, I think the themes that have run through uh, like my work, maybe more are about um, the dissonance and loss of ourselves in the culture. You know we're McDonald's babies and Colt 45 and you know Ron English's work was a big influence, not really an influence. I mean, I'd I'd come up with a concept and I'd have to look at his website to see if he fucking did it or <laughs> Most <laughs> of the and most of the time he did. You yeah. know what I mean? Especially so, that old
0: poster work when it was really low. You know, well below the radar. He was right. hand painting full billboard posters and pasting it up. You know, yeah, now yeah. he's pretty well known, but.
1: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, is that as high as you go, though? I mean, yes, he'll have his lifetime memorial at some fucking awesome museum of his lifetime's work. Yeah. Is that what the guy? pinnacle? Yeah. Yeah, how high does it go, dude? I mean, I want it to go to the top of most, to the pop of most. I want movies, books, TV shows. Uh, you know what I mean? What is it going – we only live a very short life here. Yeah. What is it that's going to be your, you know, the, the slime trail that you leave behind in your life of awesome art? It would be great if you were fucking Matt Groening, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not Matt though, now, so –
0: Well, I think, you know, that's a big part of why all of us motherfuckers do this shit is to leave some slime trail of what was, you know, will last a lot longer than this material body. And so, you know, we're coming to a point where everything is so fucking digital, too. I'm really interested in this idea of when the digital disappears which seems like, in, I mean, obviously an in, in inevitability, but there, if there becomes some breakdown of digital information, you know, we're like right back to the start. You know, I right. think there's a lot of people who are smart enough that we could get shit going again. Right. But I think a complete loss of all digital data as opposed to, you know, I have a lifetime of fucking hard paintings that are made out of plastic and, you know, varnish to be glassed and you know last at least a couple hundred years right yeah we'll see yeah right depending on how they're taken care of i suppose yeah 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 and then eventually end up in a boring ass fucking museum
1: you know that's the thing right there and that's really what
0: you know (laughs) there's the (laughs) pinnacle i found it i found it yeah that is i guess but (laughs) i don't
1: want it to be that way that's like being stuck in a marriage that you didn't want to and you just die in your life you know you were just bending towards somebody else's ideal you know i look you know i like artists that can reinvent themselves you know or just go up switch shit up fucking 360 and do something that you'd never expect from them because they're not They've already reached a certain status that they could just set it on fucking cruise control for the rest of their life, rake in the money, sell those whatever they're doing. And, you know, it's I tune out after that, Uh, you know, oh, you're releasing another fucking toy, dude, or you're doing come on. Well, yeah, put out a movie, do something that, you know, I never expected, man, put out something more mass you know, consumable or I don't know. It turns so, and I think an artist becomes this fucking image prop of what they're supposed to, you know, their wives dress them up in the same (laughs) fucking overcoat because they have this image and you know, I just, you know, I'm sick of image dude. You know what I mean? Switch it up, you know, change that image. You know,
0: I've been talking shit about all the young, pretty artists who are on the scene and they're young. Oh gosh. I think they fucking know it all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like a bunch of bar. There's a bunch of Barbie renegade people out there who are just like, oh, my God, you're so pretty. Oh, my God. You're so pretty. Oh, my God. Let's just suck each other's ass for 20 minutes. Oh, my God. You know, and then you look at the art. It's like you rip off Joe Soren and you rip off fucking Kathy Olympias. All right. (laughs) You're a one trick pony.
0: Uh Oh, we lost you.
1: Just like. Do that. Of course, you never say it to their face, but you know what are you going to do? You Skype,
0: know? Skype. just totally censored you and put you on like pause for a second. What? Oh, that's you fine. Okay. It Thank God. <laughs> Thank started. you, Skype. Thank Skype you. Really just Saved my life. You know, coming through. So I'm curious about some of the the actual figures that show up. Like I think the Beatles are, are a regular reference. Um, sure. Cohen Brothers films. Sure. Um. It seems like uh, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino seem. Are you uh, a mafia movie fan? No,
1: not really. I'm more just like a cine- cinema person. I mean, I grew up escaping through films, man. I had a shitty childhood, and films and movies and TV were really my escape. And, you know, if you're a creative and a little introverted, little. You know, kid, um, you, you learn the language of visuals. You learn the language of, you, you know, the poetry of visuals. And um, most people don't. They're like, hey, man, I want to watch some redneck shit. I want to watch shit blow up.
0: (laughs) Those people
1: are frightening to me. I'm really on the other end where it's just like everything is kind of cerebral here. And there's a reason for it. And if it's put together, the puzzle's put together in a certain beautiful way, oh, my God, that's poetry. That's art, you know.
0: So does that become sort of your dilemma in what you're talking about? Like, do you feel like maybe paintings – don't give enough to a broader audience as opposed to like, Oh, you're so cute. You're so cute. Let me catch your butt and tell you how great you are.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, you always want to take things further. I mean, you know, like I said, until your paintings start talking or moving or, you know, in a certain way, um, how can you elevate yourself beyond the two dimensional medium? You know, um, it's hard, man. You know, I guess, I guess you can um, or and maybe you have, you know, but
0: um, or that's or it's some other sort of, uh, you know, part in our brain that gets intrigued or gets, uh, you know, the dopamine flash from the visual aspect of seeing something that doesn't have a, a full context. You know, right. I, I, you know, there's tons of like I could go to a show and, you know, I mentioned it before, but I can go to a show and one piece will just I don't even know why it just it's almost like intrinsic like it's a part of my dna like the colors and aspect and nature of some piece will just like resonate as like just the same way a song would like i could hear a song and be like that's the like the tune the resonance of my existence and even like my existence uh you know my ancestors right right i can i'm that in tune with something like it's like I feel like connected to something and I have no, like I am describing it now, but the actual feeling itself, like seeing something beyond like being interested in how something's made or being interested in the technique, there's something else in some artworks that I see that, uh, well, it's is different spirit. than the other arts, right?
1: Yeah, it's a spirit. There's a resonance there, and it's just not not going to hit everybody. Sometimes they do. It's like a mass consciousness thing, like the Beatles. Let's say, you know what I mean. It's just any other music, really. Why did it affect the resonance of the world? So to because this mass consciousness where everybody would come together or hear the same thing either it's brainwashing in some fucking <laughs> celestial form yeah. or how does that happen i mean and that's why a lot of the galleries when they're bullshitting or um you know the hype machine press media all mm-hmm. that saying yeah. this is the best thing you ever fucking ate in your life trust me and that's what brings people in and you have to like provide this illusion to um, fill the seats, man. You know, so everything is the best thing ever now. Everything, the new, improved, you know, packaging people as if they're fucking Doritos, dude, (laughs) you know? And it's like, this is my store. We only sell Doritos here. You can't go to another store to sell your Doritos. You know what I mean? (laughs) And and people, you know, they get a firm hold or a grasp on you or, you know, and you become – you, you wind up, you know, you come to the um, metaphor of selling your soul to the company store in a way yeah. where you kind of walk in line and do what you're told in order of this grand illusion that you'll be somebody or market it as somebody or be this famous artist or rich or any of that. Yeah. You know what, dude? That's just the illusion of if you're following that, it ain't, ain't going to happen. The
0: reality is, is it's another rigged game, just the same as any other game that's out there.
1: Yeah, it's a yeah, that's what it is, man. And all the players are sitting there with their mouths watering, waiting for that big check to roll in or that big break. Or I mean, I noticed coming to California. Hey, man, you're great. All this shit. And then they're looking over my shoulder like, is that? Like it's flavor of the munch shit. They're, they like you. They really like you. But they're still looking out for that next big thing. You know what I mean? And it's always they're-
0: been that, right? Like it's not that like we're this age or this society that's so uh, inundated that we're, we're uh, you know, we, we have such a uh, short attention span that we can't pay attention to one thing for any period of time. It seems like it's been a longer period of that, like, you know, through at least through the 50s maybe.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like crackhead, dude. It's an addictive society. So people are addicted and get those hormones or that head rush from yes. new shit. You know what I mean? They're chasing. It. It's like motherfuckers at off track betting, waiting for their horse to come in. Their fingers are shaking and they're fucking biting at the bit. Like, where's the next thing? New th- next thing. People get off on whatever they want to get off on. But a lot of society gets off on money are the new thing or to be the you know f- discover the new thing or i own it and it becomes a totemistic thing where uh-huh. i have this artist i have this i have oh you paid twenty thousand dollars for uh luke show i paid 40 fucking for, you know come on yeah dude. everyone <laughs> wants to
0: be a prophet too right like they all right. want to be nostradamus and like oh yeah well i I found that and he, I'm just as guilty. It's so like no, I you know, think, I do it too. Yeah, I do it too. Like know? oh, oh yeah, well I've been listening to them since uh 94 <laughs> or you know whatever, you know. Like uh, the, there's the there's that thing that's sort of natural just in it's like the humble brag, right? Like everyone loves yeah, a, a good humble yeah, brag. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Not sound not sound too braggy, throw some humility in there, but it's still bragging.
0: Man. And I think part of that is that And another thing that goes along with painting is that people want to share their history. And I think that's something interesting about your work, too, is that I I was looking over, you know, like looking through a span of, of stuff on Google and on your website and on Instagram and stuff and Facebook. And I was thinking, I was like, I wonder if you ever get concerned about things being dated and then I realized – I was like, well, this actually you, – what you're doing is recording a part of history that sort of gets lost in that the fact that so much stuff gets made over the top of these things. That right. You're actually recording a period of time which is more about human society as opposed to like the pop culture itself. Uh, right. As opposed to the actors or the musicians or the actual figures, you're recording a sort of a time period. I see, which I assume is, is you know, your time period, right? You know, uh, yeah, um, your experience anyway.
1: How I, how I usually look at it is that where I'm painting a movie poster, let's say, and you throw in the characters. It doesn't matter who it is. It could be Jack Nicholson. It could be Jesus Christ. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter. They're, they're the main actor. And then you think about an environment that you're throwing them in. And then you think about the props and all those things tell a story. I mean, I can't stand uh, – for me personally, I put a lot of time and effort into – um narration, man, you know what i mean there 's people who are just painting that same dumb face where it doesn 't say a fucking thing, and people are just throwing money at it and it 's not about money or popularity, but it kind of is like you 're only kissing this artist's ass because she 's hot you 're only kissing this artist 's ass because. It's the same. It's what you expect. But the paintings aren't saying anything. You know what I mean? Uh, To me, anyway. You know, it's like, oh, how do I finish this painting? Well, it's the same fucking girl you've been painting for the past 10 years. Throw some fucking crazy makeup on her. Ew, gross. Okay. (laughs) Looks like you're not going to change. You're not willing to step outside of your stupid ass self. I have no idea what you're talking about. you're broke. Well, technically... People can get technically brilliant, but they're not saying anything in their art. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no story. It's the same visual over and over, you know?
0: And who's to, who's to say, though? Like, they, it right. might be, you know, maybe somebody, again, it's, it's personal preference. But you, you, I wonder how much, like, I'd really love to, like, test everybody, but most of the people that I talk to I think for a majority of them are you know it's the same thing it's like I want to test myself I don't want to be fucking bored I don't want right. to paint the same fucking thing over and over again like I had I had Jeff Soto on a few years ago and I, there's a clip on my YouTube page he's like am I going to be the fucking robot guy am I the robot guy <laughs> and he did you know and it was a real concern That's right
1: That's hilarious man Right like you know? You know, and um, yeah, I guess embrace it. Yeah, I'm the fucking robot guy, but take it another step. Be Eric Joyner. Throw some fucking donuts in there, or um, you know what I mean. But then there's
0: the business, right? Like, uh, you know, do if there's a demand, do is it a supply and demand game?
1: Yes, it is. It's Doritos, dude. You know right. what I mean. The minute that, that you're out there and start making money as an artist, and you start, and people start to know your work and familiarize, you know, with your style, they have expectations of you. You know what I mean. The galleries have the your galleries, the audience. You know, I understand. I completely understand, but it really breaks my heart that people are stuck get stuck.
0: All you right. know. So now that we've thoroughly beat that cow to death what is the next step right okay so here's something i'm one of these artists personally who does not like sell out shows like i don't do a gallery show and the whole place goes on fire and people like raise me up in the air and tell me how great i am it's it's a fucking grind like i mean i get my ass kissed for sure even maybe when i don't deserve it but you know it's a grind so my thinking becomes okay. How do I how do I re adapt myself? Like if this system, I've worked this system for fifteen plus years, and maybe I maybe I've seen the pinnacle of it. Who knows? Like it's really hard to judge a future, even tomorrow, right? Right. But what do I do to either one circumvent this system? Uh, two. Reinvent my own system that is um, completely alternate of this other system, even though it's, you know, the same sort of business. And I my answers to that personally is to we're at an age where we're also interconnected is work directly with individuals who are interested in the purchase of my work. Right. Right. And there's this stigma, which is implied by galleries and gallery owners and the sort of system that has been regulated over the last 50 years or so uh, that says you can't sell directly to people. In fact, it's not only frowned upon, but it is going to it's going to hurt your career. Like they're going to say, oh, you can't do this thing because you do this other thing. Or like you like you mentioned, like, oh, you show at this gallery. So you can't show at this gallery because it's like gang turf warfare. Right, right, right. So in your opinion, what do we do if we're to either one circumvent or, you know, create a, your own system? Do you see a pathway that way?
1: Um I was talking to Chet Czar, who's a great artist, and he's like, hey, man, I beat the system. You know, I beat the system. I'm doing really well, and I beat the system. And, you know, in a way, I wanted to say you created your own system. You didn't beat the system. <laughs> yeah. You're working out of the system, and you're creating your own system that looks exactly like their system, but you are in complete control of it. And, you know, there's a lot of artists that I worship who – You know, like Gary Baseman, everybody's got a Gary Baseman, everybody in California, you walk in their fucking house, at least there's a little doll or something (laughs) like, uh, you know, everyone's brainwashed to love fucking Gary Baseman. And it's to me, it's like, okay, it's the same cartoon, you know, I love love it. But the guy is a fucking marketing genius, dude. In order to get a Gary Baseman in everyone's fucking house in California. What did you do, dude? You know what I mean? (laughs) How did you do that? That's the thing. I wish, you know, so sometimes it's not necessarily about the art, but they're fucking marketing savvy in order to brainwash or to get their shit into people's homes. How did they do it? You know what I mean? There must be some know. luck
0: too, right? There's got to be luck, has to be. Yeah,
1: there's luck. Time. I mean, but you may, I, I don't know.
0: It's right uh, time, right place. It,
1: it could be, you know what I mean? I think uh, a lot of it, you got to make your, you know, it's like will to power in a way. You could yeah. say that, you know, I prayed so hard and this, <laughs> yeah. this oh my God, the, the ocean parted and shit. <laughs> yeah. No, dude, you need to make that ocean part yourself physically by hand or with a group of others. Yeah, dig you, that motherfucker you know, up. If you will it, it is no dream you know what i mean so um if you could be a religious paranoid and say hallelujah oh my gosh i'm so fucking lucky and blessed and everything no dude you made that happen you got on the phone and called those people you made the fucking art you delivered you worked for your destiny you know and a lot of times it's like how much harder what the fuck am i doing how much harder do i need to work it's not going anywhere or oh time to go paint a painting that won't sell (laughs) you know i I don't know how many times i say that and i walk and i mope until i sit in front of the easel like ah fuck it just do it dude do what you love it doesn't matter what they think you know i
0: just mentioned the other day i was like i wonder how many other people work for 16 hours straight and don't get paid for it
1: yeah, uh, I, I just raised both my hands right there. I don't think <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've ever gotten paid for my time, yeah. you know, yeah. ever. You know, um, another thing when I started out, there was an article that um, Sean Barber put out, and it was like, hey, I'm sick of answering everyone's fucking questions, so I'm just going to do a Q&A with myself right now. And he's <laughs> like, when you're starting out, take every job that you can. Never say no to anybody because, believe me, those contacts that you make, it may seem pitiful at the time, but over the years, they're going to come back to you. And that's how you're going to gain an audience or collectors or, you know, and it's going to grow from there. Yeah. So it's like a, it's a job, dude. It's just like any job. Do it. You just got to do it. And, you know, be affable and show some humility and just be nice. You know what I mean? Just be nice and um don't be a dick, you know, and that's it. That's all. Those are the rules to live by. You
0: know, that's good. My Instagram today, my post this morning, I found uh, somebody, they, the uh, cable company here in San Diego is Cox Cable, K O X. Yeah. Wrote, they wrote, yeah. No, no Cox on the you know, why'd they
1: call it cox dude why <laughs> cox? It,
0: it's got to be somebody's last name i assume you
1: know and i love it because in virginia they had cox and i'd love to hear women say i love cox uh you know, yeah it's always people loving cox
0: a foot massage place just opened up down the street from my house and it's called good head massage oh my god where
1: is this I'm, i'll be right there <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'll send the address What? all the? right hey uh top three coen brothers films
1: Um, I guess um, Lebowski, Oh Brother, and um, Miller's Crossing is really Uh, good. Yeah, man. I went stereotypical.
0: I I went Raising Arizona, Fargo, and Big Lebowski. Nice. Yeah, it's
1: all one the same.
0: No Country for Old Men with a uh, a, a mention.
1: Did you love it? Uh, There were certain aspects that I did love, but it was kind of off the beat. I guess it was too
0: literal Toward you, the book maybe they, they, do yeah. you know what i liked i liked the the like actual color tone of the film itself
1: that's the whole thing man movie that's they started it with old brother of color grading shit uh-huh. where everything was brown and green now every movie you see is teal and orange dude and teal, same, and same with fargo
0: is so gray and blue like that gray tone blue just yeah, all yeah. the way through just muted
1: well, i love it man same with like so it becomes like style over substance almost like um wes anderson shit Uh, yeah exactly you know what i mean where there's no substance maybe a little hokey cartoon love story here and there or a quirky character that's Uh not really that funny maybe soulless or whatever but it looks so fucking good
0: dude yeah everything is meticulous
1: Yeah, Yeah, yeah 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 it's a craft or whatever it's a visual craft same with art though any piece of art you're going to love it if it has salt. I don't care how beautiful it is. I don't care. What would you rather eat? You know, you have two cakes there and they both look so fucking good. But one is is made of
0: shit. It's shit with frosting on <laughs> Yeah, it, it just looks You good.
1: know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. like, now I want to eat the real cake, please. I don't uh, want the shit with frosting.
0: No shit so, cake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, brother. I want to thank you again for taking the time to shoot the shit with me. Um, where can people go to, to find some of uh, your work, follow you? Um, I guess media? just
1: Google. Google is the way, man. Just Google, and it's all right there. Just Google Dave McDowell, and and there you go. Bada bing, bada boom. Perfect. L- love you, man. Honored to be on here.
0: Yeah, man. It, it, it was a pleasure to talk to you. It's nice to get to know you a little bit. We got to like hang out in real life. We've never met before, so let's do it. To, get, let's get raise hell. Him. Yeah, for sure. Likes let's do, do internet depth. All right. Nice. All the day. Bam. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. That was my chat with Dave McDowell. Those podcasts are always fun to do, really interesting guy, uh, funny, and somebody who is willing to go ahead and talk and express themselves freely, which is what the show is about. And, you know, a lot of times artists get mistaken as like shy, uh, reclusive, nerdy, uh, unwilling to, to express their opinion because they have to do it through the art form, but I'm finding more and more that's not the case. People who have a lot of time to think have a lot of shit to say. They just might not always have an audience to say it to. So I'm glad I could um, capture some of this information for you guys and share it with you. Uh, As always, make sure you go follow Mike Maxwell Art on Instagram and Facebook and uh, Twitter's and all the social medias. I've been doing Periscope stuff. If you want to watch me do some live painting or some rolling or whatever, like being bored talking to you, you can um, follow me on Periscope. Just look up Mike Maxwell Art and you'll find me. Make sure you follow our sponsors, Soho Design House on Instagram. They're at S O H O D H, and it's SohoDesignHouse.com. And our friends over at SD Wheelworks, uh, follow them at on Instagram at SD Wheelworks, and it's SDWheelworks.com. Over on Miramar, right across from the golf course, f- across from the Miramar, uh, Miramar Airbase, there. Go check them out. Get some bikes. Get on the road. And get your shit together. All right uh thanks for listening guys we will um hopefully i should be talking to van arno uh here in the next couple of days so um expect a chat from him and i got a bunch of people lined up so make sure you subscribe to the show and new episodes will show up in your itunes all right later guys kisses love you Whoa!